Hello and welcome back to the Attacking 2 podcast. Today joined by Nini FC. Yes, he is back on the podcast. We're delighted to welcome him here. Uh, we will be talking about the defeat against Everton and probably uh, everything that has been changed by this defeat at Chelsea Football Club. So possibly a departure of Sari, but also good news in Hudson Odoi getting his first England call-up. Um, I don't know why I'm so excited about this conversation because it's really not uh, the time to be excited uh, when you're a Chelsea fan. But anyway, we will be jumping straight into the podcast with one question. Are you listening? Damn. Uh. Yeah. Uh. So, um, thanks Nini for coming on. Very much appreciated. Um, you have been watching the game as well as we did, and it was a sad game, not so much in the first half, but more in the second half. But I want to open with a broad question. So what did go wrong uh, at Goodison Park? For me, I think it's very simple what went wrong. <laughs> A lot of these guys aren't good enough. That's why. So it, this is what I found quite puzzling. That 45 minutes I saw against Everton was one of the best 45 minutes of the season. Mm. We played stupidly good football. We cut through them time and time again. I was seeing the movement in behind that Sari's constantly moaning about. And, you know, Everton were trying to defend from the start, but we didn't let them because we constantly kept dragging them out of position all the time. But we couldn't execute on the domination by getting a goal. And this is the Premier League. This is high-level football. You know, remember, footballers have trained their whole lives to be as good as how they are right now. So, of course, after a while, if you're not going to take your chances or opportunities, then there is going to be pressure on you. And this is what Sari constantly keeps implying whenever he's talking about mentality. Now, I don't know why everyone forgets this. The guy's Italian. English isn't his first language. Do you think he has like a ton of different adjectives he can use for everything? No. This is why we see guys like, you know, Mourinho and Conte were always saying the same thing. You know, it's not their, their first dialects. But with, um, but with Sari, with Sari, what he's implying is, is that concentration levels are poor. When we dominate after a while and the team are getting frustrated, they're trying to force the play, trying to make a goal happen. That's when we're at quite a dangerous stage because that's when concentration levels go. That might happen with maybe, let's say, some players maybe, you know, pushing up a bit more than they need to, leaving space in behind. I mean, that is people not picking up their men when they're supposed to. And let's be serious, you know. Let's, let's be brutally serious. This season in particular, our biggest issue has been individual mistakes leading to goals or team efforts. Most goals we can see are on, the, on, are on the transition or for mistakes. I mean, Marcus Alonso, mistake again, giving away the penalty. How many mistakes has he made? I mean, I can remember the game against Newcastle where he feigns injury at the wrong time and they get the equaliser. I remember against Man City, the first three minutes, he messed mm. up and allowed that to happen. And to give away, and the thing is, we all saw that he was about to give the penalty away. Did, did, did you guys just know that, okay, he's given the pen away now? Mm. I, I, mm. You can see it happening, you know? Now, how many times have individual errors really been the reason why we've lost games most times? It hasn't. And this comes down to the fact that we're playing possession football. And, and come on, we, we all know that when you're playing this style of football, just possession in general, 
responsibility is on the players to make things happen. Under guys like Mourinho and Conte, we had the system that would take responsibility for the players in the sense that the managers that want a defensive structure, keep it in shape, always coming back, you know, knowing when to mark your man and how to stop your man. It was always about, you know, trying to limit your opposition instead of playing your own game. Mm. So that's what I mean by saying, you know what I mean. Mm. And this isn't going to be an easy process that happens overnight. You know, let's be serious. Sarri's inherited a squad that came fifth last season. Let's not pretend that we just won the league. Conte left and Sarri's taken over and it's a nightmare. And even then, look how tight the league table is right now. We're not 50 points behind or, or 10. It's literally like a handful. So mm. anything, things will happen. Things will happen. Now, for me, there's one thing I need to see. And I've been saying this. This is the thing. I feel like I get a lot of like criticism because people call me just like a sorry fanboy for some baffling reason. Listen, I make videos. If you want to hear my opinions, watch them. You know, on social media, I'm never going to give my full thoughts and opinions because, again... I'm discussing a very complex issue. I don't like that people are trying to simplify things to very, you know, black and white standards. You know, all, all sorry has to do is use this guy, use that guy, and we're good to go. No, we're not. And it just shows me that you're not really understanding the situation. There's a lot of systematic errors that have been hampering previous managers like Mourinho and Conte themselves even that stem from people at the top. And until that's sorted, which isn't going to happen because they're all Roman's friends, we're going to keep being a club that focuses on making profit for shareholders and stuff instead of sporting success. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a good point, though. But um, as I will ask a question to Jimmy, I really want to um, have one more question uh, about the game and then we move on to, to the bigger things. Um, what baffled me, and I'm very much on board with Nini here and what he said the first half was one of the best 45 minutes I have seen from Chelsea for a long while. And that's because we cut them open. Um, also because Everton is not a good side. I think one, one has to admit it and they still have beaten us somehow. Um, and they, they allowed Eden Hazard his spaces and, and we couldn't just not capitalize on it. And, and when you play 45 minutes in that kind of fashion and don't come away with a goal, you're... Well, you have to do it in the second half then. And what baffles me, we go in into halftime, we come out and look at a complete different team. So what I would be curious about is why and what happens inside the dressing room. That um, at the start of the, of the second half, we lost every single tackle, every single battle on the field. And three minutes later, we conceded after a corner. So, Jimmy, can you get me any explanation what happens um within the dressing room and what is wrong with this this group of people and maybe also the manager um i think no one can really answer that because the crumbling of that team in that second half is beyond explanation at least for me uh of course we can hazard to take a guess what could have happened i mean Credit to Everton, they were better in the second half. You know, they, they weren't, they weren't really, they, they were, really good. But they, they weren't they, a good team. It, it was no, just no, they, no, want, they wanted it more. That's, that yeah, was the only reason they won. That is enough because, you know, they, it's, I wouldn't only go as far as say they wanted it more. They were clinical in the second half. You know, they took their chances. Yeah. I mean, given the, um, 
the penalty was a bit lucky, but you know they they said that themselves. Everton fans, for example, which is fine. You know, Sigurdsson got a bit lucky, but you know, when when you want to win the game, then you have to have a bit of luck, and also you have to just take your chances. And they did that, and we didn't. We didn't, and that is, as Nini said, one of the main yeah. problems of our season. But I will add something that I don't think it's good if one doesn't put any uh, any bl- well, blame. Look, he 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 chose Marcus Alonso yet again, although he could have chosen Emerson. He didn't yeah. play on Thursday, and that is on him, you know. Yeah. Because Emerson has got his flaws. I'm not saying he's perfect, but. He just simply doesn't do the crap that that bloody Alonso does. No, no, you're right. I 100% agree. But this is the, this is what I keep saying. None of us know the reasons. Now, let me give you an example. Mm. The thing I kept seeing throughout the timeline on Twitter yesterday was, oh, if Ruben can play uh, 90 minutes against Dynamo Kiev, you know, why can't he play 60 minutes at least? What happened today? Oh, yeah. he's not joining the England national team. This has been something that's happened throughout the season where fans just create these like logical fallacies. And it's just like they always get disproven, but then no one remembers ever being wrong. You know what I mean? So I think yeah. I think everything's become quite toxic, toxic in that sense, which which is quite disappointing, in my opinion. And I again I think it stems from the fact that um you know, people are just uh, creating a lot of logical fallacies all the time. And it's getting quite frustrating. You know, the main issue is the execution. I keep saying every time, if, you know, we can't play sorry ball if we can't even keep the ball. If we struggle to play out from the back, then everyone is completely valid in everything you're saying. Give up on the system. We have to do something different for this year because we can't even do the basics of sorry ball. We can, but it's the execution. Now, there's a point I'm going to be touching on in my video tomorrow where I'm going to be talking about specialisation in football. Mm. Football's changed now. The tactical mm. landscape is different. Big teams focus on specialising. So let's say if you're a defensive team, every decision, all the micromanagement, the whole squad and team is fine-tuned to play that same style of football. That's what you do. The prime example, the prime example is Liverpool. I saw them dismantle Bayern Munich. It was a world-class performance, I'm sorry. No, you've, seen, fair, yeah. you've seen how they've really elevated. But look, look at the team and look at what Klopp did over the seasons. Because mm. he didn't do this in one season. Look, they spent 75 million and 70 million on, on, on Allison and Van Dijk. Let's finish this point quickly, okay. sorry. Why did they spend that much money on them? Because they know that these players complement the system and style perfectly because everything's about fine-tuning and getting the very best out of the system. That when, you know, Liverpool are thinking, yeah, it actually makes sense to spend a crazy amount of money on one position because that's going to exponentially improve the team. You look at our team, it's not fine-tuned for anything. This is mm. the reality no one wants to accept. It's not fine-tuned for defensive football because mm. they can't... It's just the consistency. This team isn't consistently good at any particular style because the squad isn't balanced together. What will be we're just like an amalgamation of we, we try to be how many different teams? It just mm-hmm. doesn't work like that. Football isn't like that. This is why teams now specialise on, on, on the system and the and uh, you know getting the very best out of it. And Liverpool are a prime testament to that. Mm. How do you think they turn into one of the best teams in the world right now? Because which they are. If you, if you can do that to Bayern Munich in their own stadium, look how they press them. Look, from the start, I've never seen Neuer lose the ball as much. Imagine how good their pressing is 
Bayern's goalkeeper has to hit the ball out under pressure. This is Manuel Neuer we're talking about. This He's isn't not as somebody... good as he used to be, but yeah, I, yeah, I agree course, with you. But you know what I mean, though. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean. yeah, yeah, but, I know. What... But, but there's, there, there's one interesting point in that. And um, although I agree, I think the problem is not really that we can't play to the standards because we um, don't have the specialised players for each special position and nothing is fine-tuned with us. I think the problem yeah. of most fans is that we have more potential in the club then we can somehow show on the field. And it, it has been a reoccurring scheme that we are not producing the goods that we should be producing with the ammunition that is provided to the manager. And I think that is the problem. No one expects Maurizio Sarri to play to Liverpool's level, Manchester City's level. But I think top four should very much be possible with the kind of squads and the kind of players he has. Um, so is he in fault? for not achieving what he should be achieving? Or do you think that is the maximum he can do with the squad course, and it's not his fault? The complete maximum. The complete maximum of what he can do. Now, this is the thing. There's so much... This is what I mean. It's a very complex issue. There's a lot of context as to why. I mean, let me just paint the full picture. When Sari, when we were negotiating with him, he's trying to help Napoli win their first Gadetto in like 20 years. So imagine the focus and energy he's spending, you know, in the training ground working on systems, analysing, no, not, not working on systems, you know, analysing opponents, you know, doing all that type of work. But during that time, he was having meetings with us. And mm. by the time, obviously, uh, you know, the season finishes and then it's a World Cup, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, we really signed him quite late. We didn't sign him for the start of pre-season. You know, not we did, but we didn't sign him right at the start. But he can really have that time to analyse everything at the club. You know, he, he's taken over where he hasn't had a proper pre-season. He's taken over where he doesn't actually know who his best players are. You know, a lot of times he was speaking about Marcus Alonso saying, I can make him a world-class left-back. But I'm thinking realistically, when did Sarri even really have the time to really analyse the entire team, analyse the team's strengths and weaknesses? I don't think he did. And ah. I, if you're, if, if from what we hear of Marcus Alonso, that's about general fans. General fans think that he's a, one of the best left-backs in the country. You know what I mean? So there's a, there's a complete difference between actually seeing the player and just hearsay. And I, and I think, you know, maybe Sari kind of gassed it a bit when it came to the interview process, which you're going to do, because that's what people do in interviews. I don't think he really knew the team as well as he thought. And I think that a lot of the ideas he had, he made, he made all those decisions at the start based on the idea that he thought the team was better than what they were. But as the season went on, as teams tried to, you know, target our weak areas, he's realised, oh, wow, you know, I've got a bit of an issue right now. And we have to be fair. Come on. He is making changes. There was a time when guys like Emerson were never in the team. There was no such thing as rotation for 50% of the season. So a lot of things have been happening. We've seen 4-2-3-1. If he does get an opportunity after the international break, possibility that he could turn things around. But for me... And I've, just, I've said this quite a lot of times throughout the season. All Sari has to do is embrace the team's attacking instincts. I, I, it's very simple. I want my best players playing with other good players because that's how you get the best out of them. If you're Eden Hazard and you've got Marcus Alonso down the left, I mean, when you look at top wingers, they normally have a top fullback beside them. What, when do you ever see any combination or one-twos with Marcus Alonso and Hazard? When? Mm-hmm. These past few years, we've never seen it. Because they're not suited for each other, and this is an, it's a, and, and and this point even leads on to why this board are pretty useless. Because this is an example of not even getting the best out of your of your player. There's no need offering him money, 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 
why do you think he was an advocate for signing better players? Mm. It's not the first so it's, time he said that, yeah. you know? So uh, for Jimmy now, um, as we've heard rumours a lot um, over the last few few hours, and we are recording this on, on a Monday uh, evening, um, so by the time we, we released that podcast, it might already be been a done deal or, or a done sack um, regarding Maurizio Sarri. So he seems to be sacked by the board, not only for the lack of maybe chance that we have of getting top four and also the results and also the way we play, but also for the lack of youth utilization. Um, what do we make out of these rumors? And do you think uh, it is somehow any any truth in that and it is a, a rightful sack for Maurizio Sarri or completely ludicrous from the board, Jimmy? Um, you know, I agree with a lot of what Nini said just in because that also has to do with this question. But one thing I do have to say is what Sarri has to deal with on, him, on himself and that is all on him is his selections. You know, I, being, I get that he didn't have a lot of preseason and that he wasn't sure about his squad and that that is also one of the reasons why it's taken him some time to acclimatize the league and you know it may be stubbornness it may just be you know trying to be tactically uh, astute but one thing is his team selections you know in-game management one can also criticize with his substitutions have been not on point for most of the season until very recently where he has started to use substitutes that can actually impact the game but one thing is as said you know he played Alonso there and uh, which wasn't warranted he you know he played well against Dinamo Kiev but you know Emerson played well against the Europa League teams or the you know lower league teams frequently in the first half of the season that didn't give him the opportunity to then play in the league, but Marcus Alonso is allowed to. That is on Sarri. That is all on Sarri. And that has been an epitome. Well, that is the epitome of what has been the case this season because players that have been in form, he hasn't played because he wants to stick to his his values. And, you know, I want to play with these 13, 12, 13, 14 players as uh, Pep Guardiola uh, apparently told him, which is moronic i'm sorry but that is moron that's the only that is my major critique point of sorry in which i yeah, this is which, that's very, I, mean. I think that's way too harsh to be throwing out strong words like moronic like as, as i said if you're sorry you, you haven't really fully assessed the team because you haven't had the chance because you've been busy doing your own thing and negotiating to sign with us you're going to be of the be belief that guys like aspie and alonso are guys you can turn to i guarantee nine percent of the fan base wouldn't have thought aspie was going to be poor 10% of us were saying that don't expect fireworks from him th for this season. But this is what I mean. So how can you really blame the manager for thinking that maybe these guys were a bit better? It, it makes complete sense why you would use 14 players if they're good. That's yeah, the thing, if they're we're good. We're in March, Nini. We're in March. You know, I get that. At the start of the season, I fully agree with you. And you had to give him time. And That's what I mean, the he, start, still need, yeah. he, still, he still needs time, yeah? But that this is still a problem now in March. Well, actually, mid-March, you know, we're coming up to the end of March. That shouldn't be the case. He should learn from those mistakes. And it can't be that he says we haven't got a big enough squad or a good enough squad because Emerson, for example, is better than Marcus Alonso at this moment in he time. Yes, but let me ask you this. And the same with Callum hudson from, from some of the performances Emerson has mm. put in, do you really think he's done enough to really be like, okay, this guy is my super number one player? Listen, I'm not trying to defend Alonso at all. No one gets it twisted. I've been an advocate of Emerson from before the season started because... 
He mm. helps the team more. But just being objective, Emerson's got a lot more opportunities this part of the season compared to the first part. And let's not forget, at the first part of the season, the guy had disciplinary issues because he was messing around. So no wonder he already put himself in a negative viewpoint uh, in, in for Sari. So this is what I mean by context and issues. You know, everyone just looks at things very simplified and black and white. There's a lot of things happening behind the scenes and it's not as simple, you know. Whenever I hear that argument, all I tell myself is like, okay, people want to see Hudson-Odoi, Ruben and Emerson play, basically. They're the, the three yeah. main ones. But we know that with Ruben, he's been injured constantly throughout the season. We know with uh, with Hudson-Odoi, I mean, let's be serious, until Bayern started showing interest, that's when it seems like the club and the fans start to take more interest in Hudson-Odoi's <laughs> development. And with Emerson, I mean, you know, if Emerson wants to play, I think he's got to step up a bit more. I'm sorry. He needs to, some games against some average opposition. I have want to see, you know, I do want to see a bit more. But who knows? What if he's got a slight knock? Or what if it's disciplinary? What if it's, I mean, we don't know because the reason hasn't come out, you know? Well, I mean, yeah, okay. Uh, when Kud's advocate for Emerson, he should do more to warrant a place in the future. So that we say we're not going to get in a new left back because Emerson's our main man. That I agree with. You know, he can do more. I like Emerson for various reasons, but he is nevertheless better than Marcus Alonso now. Every time Marcus Alonso walks on that field, he's targeted. He is targeted on purpose. Every time they target that side and he makes mistakes because of his limitations. You know, I'm not going to slag off Marcus Alonso because he's slow, as many do, because that's just the way he is. You know, one can slag him off for being then too attacking minded because then he just never comes uh, you know, back. And that's something like, for example, Alex Goldberg does criticize of him that he just then jogs back. You know, if you're slow, then adjust your positioning so that you don't get exposed like that. He doesn't do that. He just yeah, continues. But I, and that I, I also think of Alonso that he's not a player that can do long sprints. You know, I mean, just, this is what I mean. No, For but me, then he has he's more of a midfield back, player or a wing back. He's more of a midfielder or a wing back than, a, than an actual mm. fullback. Right. This is why a lot of us knew he was going to be useless this season. Mm. But then he has to adjust, you know, and I can't imagine that Sari's telling him the whole time, yeah, just stay up front because that wouldn't be something Sari would say. And just to quickly say with the moronic, moronic might sound harsh, but I'm just too frustrated, too frustrated with this is what the thing, he has though. done in the regard to, yeah, I, but... I'm so, look, I'm sorry in, you know, I, I still want him to come good. I really do because I like his way of football. I just like him as a person. He's the most, sim, you know, Good, you know, the best manager from a personality wise since ages, since maybe Mourinho for the first time, or Carlo Ancelotti actually, no, because Ancelotti was before one. But the my my that is just a problem that he has to give players uh, the chance on merit, and he doesn't do that. He doesn't, you know, he has his his main men, and that is something that we've been struggling with for years under Conte, under Mourinho, of course, and also under previous managers, Ancelotti also being one of those. But then we had the old guard, and they warranted being always selected. We have, however, nowadays players that do not warrant being selected, no matter what form they're in. Frank Lampard, if he had a bad patch, though he rarely did, you'd still play him. But you don't do the same with a Marcus Alonso. You don't do the same with a, a Mateo Kovacic. Yeah, no, but this, is the, con this is the context, though. This is what I mean. You, you've brought up Kovacic, Barkley and Alonso. Ruben's been injured for most of this season. So Sarri's been... And this is, listen... 
Okay, then Sorry, the centre-back pair. Think about, this no, cast your mind back to January for a second. Cast your mind back to January. Why did we go in for two midfield players? Why was it close? Why would we be close to completing a double capture for Paredes and Barella? Let's be serious. Sorry's not happy. As I've said before in your previous, uh, you know, um, podcasts, I've spoken about, you know, sorry, running players. And I've been hearing about this stuff since like October. So I think you need pretty early on, oh, shit, these guys aren't as good. I need, I do need a few players, you know. This, I, this is what I mean. This is what I mean. The club, the season in which he's taken over. This is, mm. I always get worried when managers don't have a proper preseason or have the time to analyze things. I mean, for example, Tuchel, when he was being interviewed by Chelsea at the start, I was hearing that, you know, because he's been out of football, he really uh, knew a lot about the club in depth, youth players, etc., etc. And I think that if, let's say, he took over, he'd have a better understanding of what needs to be done. I think Sari had no time for when he left Napoli to negotiate mm. with us to coming straight in. And I think that the club, I don't understand how they won't understand that. I and mean, they didn't make things easy. I mean, yeah. we, we could have made this a lot simpler when it comes to signing Sari. Not, not, you know, not, not really, uh, not persuade him to try and, you know, terminate his contract so we can get him for nothing. You know, which is just like typical Chelsea business practices. Yeah. You know? yeah That's what I mean. So it's like you've got to stand by the manager when you do mm. something like that. And I think there's so much potential. Now, if I saw no potential, honestly, I wouldn't care if there was no potential. But there yeah. is. And I think sorry can be that guy. Yeah, yeah do, no, no. do do agree do agree with that. But I think there's there's more to it. You know, when you say um, it all comes down to systematics, uh, boards, personnel that sorry hasn't got. I think there's when I watch Chelsea um, and with all these these problems in mind, there is more to it. And for me, and that's and that's why I want to say this because it brings. A perspective to this uh, discussion yeah when i watch chelsea i see that we don't do the fundamentals right and there we had one guest on the podcast who said it in a, in a different context and i remember that sentence he said there's an awful lot of running before walking so mm. we we tried to play this um immensely um attractive brand of football that requires a lot and we we can't keep a ball and we can't and and, and it's it's not even going to that point we can't even win uh, our tackles. We can't even uh, get second balls. We can't even get behind the ball when we lose it. We can't even mm. keep our defensive shape with players like Marcus Alonso. So it comes down to the basics, 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 basics of football. Things you've, yeah. you've learned when you're 10 years of age. That you should be keeping your shape in the back four and not running forward like a ludicrous bastard and then coming back <laughs> at 12... 12 15 minutes too yeah. late because you're jogging back. That is basics of football. So what I'm asking myself is, um, are these players or some of these players are simply stupid or is the manager someone who they don't respect because he can be the most, the, 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 the genius guy, the one guy who understands football the most in, on, on, this, on, this, on, on this whole planet. Right, and, and Sari is a genius. I, I'm still sticking by this statement. But if you can't get across to the players, if you can't tell your story, if they don't buy into it, and if, you, if they don't get it for some reason, for whichever reason, you have to, you have to do changes. And I'm talking not um, pick one player that you haven't picked before or talk to them in a different... Or, or, it doesn't, doesn't matter. It's little stuff. You need to do 
big, big, big decisions. And if the board can't do it because the board is deluded, you have to sack the manager at some point because it doesn't work. And we've seen it for now months and we have ex expectations at Chelsea. And if it doesn't work with that manager, for whichever reason, and he doesn't have to be in fault to be sacked. I must say that you don't have to be in fault for the situation to be sacked. It's just the nature of the position of a manager that if you sack a manager, it has the biggest effect on the football club because the manager is the most important position in the football club. So if you're not in fault and the players are in fault, it doesn't really matter. You still sack the manager because it has, has the biggest impact on the players and everything seems to change, or at least in most of the cases when you sack the manager. So um, yeah, even though I like Sari, I would be in favour of that decision at this uh... moment. No, I, I mean, I, I've been criticising him on the, this episode today, but I wouldn't want him sacked. I mean, this is this vicious cycle that we have to break. I think I'd rather actually have a, a sack players. Well, you know, get rid of players before we get rid of the manager this yeah. time. But the problem is we're not, we, we can't. Well, not now. But, you know, if we can win this Europa League season, because the players are still at least partially playing for the manager. You know, they're still playing for individual glory as well because we but, can but win I, I don't agree. I don't agree with that what? statement, though, about, about, like, not playing. Well, I don't, like, why is that even, like, part of the discussion, playing for the manager? I mean, I feel like the players do. There's there's no issues of real controversies behind the scenes. I think a lot of people are just using a lot of their own headcanon and their own fallacies to create a picture of things right now that isn't as accurate, in my opinion. I, what, what is, what's wrong with thinking that maybe some of the players just aren't as good and they just can't do it. Come on, you know, it's Ross no, Barkley, Cover, uh, uh, Alonso, Aspie, Pedro, William. I mean, our, our squads, it's, it's not amazing. And I just want to say very quickly, mm. now, the board, what's allegedly coming out is that the boards aren't too impressed with his use of youth players. Obviously, I can say, you know, that obviously, uh, you know, they have been encouraging him to use hudson Adoy more. And I was saying, you know, Sari needs to take an L because, you know, he's letting, uh, he, he's taking his anger out on the wrong person. You know, don't, yeah. don't, not use Hudson yeah. Adoy because of that. But I think they're past that stage because this is why Hudson's, you know, playing at least every game now, you know, I mean, or getting minutes in, in nearly every yeah. game recently. Yeah. Right, but I, I agree. I don't think it's about player, uh, the players not playing for him at the moment. Of course, we have, they, want, they want to play attacking football. Yeah, they do. We have, a, we have a player power problem, nevertheless. You know, that's been, but that's, Beyond sorry, that's been. But, but, that's but I mean, is it really yeah. that deep? Because I mean, you know, we've had, you know, Mourinho and, and Conte. Like, yeah. let's be serious. Are, are they are they like the, the the friendliest of managers? I mean, come on. A lot of times they cause their own issues. They've had a history of doing it too. So I don't really even listen right. to much about the player power. They do feel very entitled. You know, the way some of them have shown themselves. You know, oh, no problem and all that. I, I do I do believe that there at least there there is a uh, player power problem you know at least in essentially there is one even though maybe but it's even if there is i don't think it's in relation to you know the context this season to be fair i don't think player power has anything to do with no, our form this no, season no 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 that not i mean especially at the moment i agree you know that's not the main reason why we're playing such yeah. but you know I, i'm just talking about the broader picture because if sorry does get sacked then it's going to probably become a problem again you know because what if uh holland comes in or someone who isn't an established manager i mean marini uh sorry is being called by puppets not established but you know yeah. he is, you know he is but what 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 happens then if they don't like steve holland or something like that you know this isn't the old guard anymore yeah uh, of course of course 
And but that but that as I said that in regards to sorry you're right that isn't necessarily now the problem but uh, what is a problem is as I said before I'd rather have us sack some players we can't do that we've got a transfer ban we are royally screwed in that regard mm. exactly and, and whose fault was that the boards and this is what I mean uh, I feel it's quite rich for the board to try and uh, stick it on sorry of course um, you know you know they they have encouraged him to use Hudson Doyle at times. Uh, you know, maybe Sai was his anger was a bit misguided in that sense. But I mean, come on, this is what I find really frustrating and weird. And for me, I think the only reason why the boards really care about youth now is because of the transfer ban. <laughs> because when we had Mourinho and Conte, and this is what I find quite annoying on the timeline, we're making out that Sari's worse than them. I'd be cr- Mourinho. We've lost all the Salah, De Bruyne, <laughs> Lukaku. All these top youth players, Conte nearly ruined Ruben, who everyone's, you know, of course, he's amazing. He's a top player. He can be world class. We had Conte using this guy as a striker, a winger, a number 10, out of position. And he was awful. And the fan base used to say, Ruben, you're lazy. And he's overrated. That's all you, because that's what I mean. People's opinions, it's just former reactionary things and everything they see through a peephole all the time. This is what I mean. We can't say that Sari isn't trying because do we really think if Mourinho and Conte are in this situation, mm. Hudson is always getting any minutes whatsoever. Let's be serious. Mm. Yeah. Uh, None. I think. None. <laughs> yeah. But that's something. Just, yeah. Come you're, on. You're breaking up. up, Andy. Oh, no. Oh, okay. I'm breaking, breaking up. up. No, 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 no. I thought you just stop. Okay. Forget it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so now, um, now that we that we've talked now for uh, thirty five minutes straight, just wanted to kind of come to a conclusion um, with the whole situation. Now you know, that we, we can go, we can go a bit longer if you want. Like I've got time. Okay, okay. If it helps, okay. I, I don't mind. I can maybe yeah. just five minutes about uh, Hudson Odoi's call up because that is yeah, one of the nice yeah, that, that would yeah. that would be good. All right, That'd be sick. Okay, that's yeah, cool, man. So, so now, now with that situation being talked about in length, I think. Um, Hudson Odoi getting promoted from the under 21s to the senior England national side is something we should be talking about on this podcast. Um, will he earn his first cap? We don't know at this moment in time because these are two competitive matches. They uh, are playing in the qualifiers for the 2020 Euros. So um, maybe not a game where you chuck in a complete youngster, It's especially this kind of age. But um, nevertheless, it is kind of... Um, the new era of English football and Callum Hudson-Odoi should, of course, from a Chelsea perspective, be featuring in uh, with players like Raheem Sterling and Sancho. Um, can this be, and I'm throwing this question to, to Jimmy here, uh, can this be somehow also a sign for Chelsea, whoever will be the manager in the upcoming months, um, that Callum Hudson-Odoi now with an England call-up should be playing more, should be a starter because he has the quality and he has delivered over the last couple of weeks at least. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to make this very short because I already tweeted about it. Yes, definitely. I mean, if this doesn't show you why we should be playing Hudson-Odoi, I mean, Gareth Southgate is someone who likes to play youth. We know that. But um, even he rates him. And let's be honest, there are a few other uh, choices that one could have said, hey, on merit, they should actually be ahead of Callum Hudson-Doy. I mean, James Madison is more central guy, but one could say, you know, 
he has mm. done more to, to. He definitely has done more than Hudson Odoi because he's had the chances. To be fair, you know, Hudson Odoi could have done the same, but he hasn't gotten the minutes. But I, I do believe that uh, warrants him saying, "Yeah, we, we, I want more minutes, and he should get them." We've been saying that for a long time. The only snag, and I, I'd like to hear Nini's thoughts on this, and of course yours, Andy. Um, mm. Could this be that you know, getting a call up? You know, he he didn't expect it. No one did. To be fair, could it be that this? once again underlines to him emphasizes hey even the england managers thinks that i'm ready to be in this squad and play um i want to go to Bayern even more now well nini take it away i mean again i feel like you know a lot of uh the, the, this discussion or, or discussions in general with fans is based on a lot of guesswork and free assumptions you know it, it is quite hard i mean let's find out if kaz you know, allow us to, uh, you know, delay the ban so we get at least one summer. I, I'm still hearing that that seems like a possibility still. Mm. That's not over just yet. And if that's the case, you know, the entire context of the summer or next season changes, you know. I think with Hudson Adoy now, I think that he, he would stay. I think he's got the fans behind his back, the crowd. He's feeding off their energy. You know, he, he really plays without any pressure. But let's look at why Gareth Southgate is even using young players. That's because the FA have encouraged him and given him the confidence to mm. think about the future. So that's why he'll bring in guys that have barely played any minutes because he's thinking, OK, Sancho, Hudson and two of the, the best players of this generation. We need to make sure these guys are England internationals in the next few years. Let's start the process of getting them in. You know, bringing it back to, to Callum Hudson-Odoi here in my statement, I think... Um, with Callum now being called up, I think it's, it's it's the stars have already aligned. It's not a question if he would stay or not. I think he he will be leaving, and uh, I'm not saying that because I have the feeling. Um, I watched I think two weeks ago um, the program Doppelpass, which is the main German talk show about football, and um, yeah. the president of Bayern Munich, Uli Hoeneß, was there. And he was, Boo. yeah, he's, he's a bastard, but he, he, he was talking like, and we, I've, all my life, I despised that one person because he's such a dickhead. But he, when, he, when he's standing there, when he's standing there, right, and saying, yeah. if, you, if you just knew how many players we have already signed for the summer, but we can't speak about it, you would be actually... Uh, in a different mindset about Bayern Munich because they, yeah. they come under criticism because they now crashed out of the Champions League and all that stuff and not playing to the standards that fans really want from Bayern Munich. So yeah. he was talking in that kind of fashion. And with all the talks that have been going on behind scenes with Callum Hudson-Odoi, I already knew when he does a statement like this, and I've seen it time and time again, Mario <laughs> Gomez back, back in the days. Yeah, yeah. Mario Gomez, he was, so he was speaking in the same fashion. Yeah. Um, Miroslav Klose. Same kind of fashion. Yeah. When, when they signed Lewandowski, when he, was, uh, when, when he came on a free, he was talking in that kind of fashion. So I already knew it is Callum Hudson-Odoi to come to Bayern Munich. I'm telling that. And well, I'm, I'm 100% sure. So, those were all from the German Bundesliga. And that, you yeah. mean, we're Chelsea. And the thing is, yeah, they could exactly. be speaking about Lucas Hernandez, for example, who would be, I think, was it Theo Hernandez? I'm not yeah. sure. One of from the Hernandez. From Atletico, yeah. Yeah. I think it's Theo so Hernandez. That's one. Then they could also be Pepe. You never know. That's been, he's been uh, heatedly debated because of Hudson Doyle not coming. Uh, I wouldn't be so sure. I mean, 
I agree that it doesn't look good at the moment, but I, I, I don't think it's as bad. I think we, if Hazard is leaving and he's going to leave, I mean, we, we heard from that Real Madrid guy today that, but I mean, that's a completely different matter, but it does look as if he is leaving. But uh, then Hudson Dyke becomes the main man. We're on a transfer ban. Exactly. You know, I, yeah. I, I can't imagine. But if, that if, if the deal is already agreed, we can't do anything about it. Yeah, but I, I, it I don't. But yeah, I can't I imagine that we would have done that. It would make exactly. no sense. We would have sold well, him in January then. Yeah, 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 yeah. It makes no sense because why wait? Because they will have yeah. known that a transfer ban will be looming. And the board might be incompetent in so many ways, but they can't be that stupid. I can't imagine because mm. also they, they said no in January. Why not wait till the summer? Because that was also being saying, uh, said by the English media. We're going to, Chelsea's mm. going to wait till the summer. And now that that's happened, you know, they're going to tell them to stuff themselves. And Bayern Munich, you know, I know, I know, I agree with you that Juli Hunas and Bayern, you know, they always got the men, but that was in the Bundesliga. And nowadays they have been in decline and the pool power isn't as big as it used to be. But they're still signing players in the, you know, uh, I I, I don't, I don't, um, well, I do trust that story. Um, Well, it it is my own story (laughs) and it is the story (laughs) of Uli Hunas talking crap all the time. But he backs it up. And that's that's why he's president now for how many years running? Because he backs yeah. it up. And it's it's not that he's president because he decides to be. He has, has to be elected because that is still uh, a club in that kind of fashion. You can't be, um, can't be elected by your shareholders in Germany. You have to be elected by all the members of the club. Um, and that's why Uli Hoeneß, even though no one likes him, he uh, puts the food on the table for Bayern Munich, and that's why he's re-elected time and time again. And he will do it yet again, I'm, I'm quite sure about this. But anyhow, we've now spoken for uh, three quarters of an hour. Um, and I want to end it with one question, even though we moved into a different field uh, in between now. Um, if, and providing the rumours are true about Sari will not be manager after the international break, what should Chelsea do? What is, um, I can't even say the way forward. Yeah. Providing the situation is uh, as it is, or is rumoured to be, uh, and Sari can't be manager, what else should we do? Uh, Nini first, short answer. I think it's just very, very simple and clear. I've, I've said this years before guys like Sari or Conte came. I've always been inspired by looking at yeah, you know, dynasty clubs like you know your Real Madrids, your Barca's, mm-hmm. your Bayerns, because yeah, you know, to me, dynasty clubs are clubs that every single decade are constantly up there trying to win things, and that's very hard to do. And that mm-hmm. comes down to fantastic structure that clubs need to have. And I think that for us, that's the path we need to do to get there. And I think so. The only thing we can do is to start looking from within instead of looking at outside sources now. Because, I mean, when you come to Chelsea, I mean, it's just a clusterfuck, really, isn't it? So I think, really, if you're someone that um, is already already understands the club, knows the players, knows the youth, et cetera, et cetera, people and personnel behind the scenes and how to deal with them and, you know, how to know, you know what I mean? All the context, mm. et cetera, et cetera. I think that's the only way that we can become a big team. But if the board don't want to do that, if they want to continue by signing the popular manager of the month and then really half-assing their commitment to them, they're going to end up worse than Arsenal. Mm. Worse. Mm. If we not already are. Uh, Jimmy, what should we do? Yeah, it's a very tricky question. Um, I'm, I'm not in favour of Mourinho going back as many are because I think people are very 
easy to forget how that went down when he came the second time. Um, that would be a grave mistake. And I think he knows that himself. Yeah, he's got a lot of catching up to do and he will take the time to do that and come back stronger, hopefully. Um, but I think whoever comes in and instead of sorry, if that does happen, I want one person to be the assistant manager. And while I love Gianfranco Zola and he can still stay as an assistant manager, we need someone who's more got more authority. Gianfranco is just too nice to be one of the authoritative uh, assistant coaches like Steve Holland was. And that is John Terry. John Terry isn't manager material, at least not yet. But what the guy does is that he can rally the troops. He can really instill leadership. And, you know, that's something that we're lacking. And while it seems that he, you know, he's got some problems at Aston Villa, you know, that they're not on one line. And it seems with the, the first team coach there. So him coming back, I think that would be just terrific for the club. Even if Sari stays, I really want John Terry to come back and be an assistant coach for Chelsea Football Club. Um, he can learn a lot from the coaching staff that's already there. And that would be grand. Steve Holland as an interim coach. I mean, maybe. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I can't say. Uh, I don't know who would say. And I agree with Nini. It's actually just this essential thought. Are we going to half-ass backing managers continue with that? Or are we going to take a new route? Which we thought we were doing with Sari. So I honestly have no clue. Because no manager who's, you know, one of the big boys will want to come as we have a transfer ban. You know, he has no ch- chances to form this, this team, which is ageing. And it's got a lot of people that, uh, a lot of deadwood in it. So I don't know. Laurent Blanc maybe uh, will be a possibility, although I detest the idea of him being at Chelsea Football Club. But, um, yeah. Uh, That's what I mean. Whatever happens, we're fucked. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. that's that's a good explanation. I think for for my part, um, I would like, as Nini said, someone from the inside. um, And I'm pretty sure it's, it's not going to be a big name manager, at least not until the end of the season. What happens beyond uh, beyond the summer, I'm not quite sure. Um, I, I'm very fond of the idea of maybe the old boys, and they are all not quite ready. John Terry, Jody Morris, um, Frank Lampard, maybe joining force at some point with Chelsea Football Club. And but, do you, but do you have to be ready, back. though? You have to be ready. Yeah, Look at two yeah, prime examples. Yeah, you, you, you can't, you can't Zidane, chuck them into all, the all deep. All Zidane did was he was, he was the manager of the B team. Same thing for Pep. They didn't win trophy. This is what I mean. It is, yeah, football's not that complicated, but you need like a winner in charge for things. You know, it doesn't have to be like that, you know. No. What's more yeah, important yeah. is, yeah, you know what I mean. It's just the fine tuning of things, uh, of you know, getting the right uh, philosophy mm. and the right players to match they, that. That's all it is. Uh, they, they they will not be ready within the next two years, I guess. But I think at some point we should be aiming think? for that. I think so. I, I think this, this is the thing. Let, let's be a bit hypothetical and change the discussion a tiny bit. I know, I know we'll keep it very brief, but, you know, the frustrating thing I think all of us feel is the fact that we're a club that has a shit ton of potential. Mm. A crazy amount. Look at the loan army. Some of the talent we've got mm. in the loan army. Zoomers, sure. Sure. Mason Mounts, uh, mm. Reese Jameses, Tammy Abrahams. I look at players in the loan army that can replace a lot of the dross we have, mm. like Barkley and co, and just elevate. I mean, look how Mount plays compared to Barkley. Presses high, mm. wins the ball, plays through Berlin, takes responsibility, set uh, set piece specialists to all of that stuff. Mm. That Ross isn't, you know. Mm. All, all we need is just the right manager 
So let's bring all these ingredients together. That's all it involves mm. now. I think Sari could do and that. And the director of football. I, this is the thing with the director of football. That's quite interesting. I think personally, we all agree we need one. And I think all of us agree Balak should be the guy. You know, We all want to see our old boys coming back and taking up senior positions. Balak could be a great start to that. But at the same time, what, does the board really want someone like that? Now, when, when I was speaking about um, Lewis Campos a while back and why the deal fell through, it was a bit too crazy for Chelsea, a lot of that stuff. And mm. at the end of the day, whoever they come in, they're not going to have be able to make full, like, full, the wholesale changes of the whole, you know, the mm. full team. It's not going to happen. It's only going to be mainly, it's, they're only going to be signed mainly for the loan army to replenish it and just continue it going. That's all it is. Yeah. So, like, this is why I'm not surprised why we haven't heard too much about Balak recently because, uh, you know, I'm sure that he wants much mm. greater involvement than just being mm. the guy that looks after the loan army, you know? Mm. Yeah. I, I, you see, I think it's, it's no different to all the other stuff in life. Um, you only do big changes if you need to do them. And we're all set in, 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 into a place where we rather not change anything if change isn't needed and we don't like to experiment. And so it, it, it will be with, with Chelsea Football Club. Once we end up in sixth or seventh or down the line, maybe further down the table because we do many mistakes and do them continuously, um, we will be coming to a point where we say, all right, um, a wholesale change is needed, but hopefully we will realize it sooner. But who knows what will, ha- will be happening to the club. I know what will be happening now. We will end this podcast. Um, thanks very much for Nini um, to come on this humble podcast. We, we've talked a lot longer as we've expected. And that was uh, some joy. Um, people, make sure that you check out Nini FC on all the available platforms. Uh, if you're not familiar with his content, you find it on YouTube. You can also follow him on Twitter, uh, where he has a big following and always nice opinions. You can also follow Jimmy and myself on Twitter. Handles will be in the in the description below. Um, you will uh, be able to listen to us also next week and the next week and the next week because we do podcasts weekly. Uh, you can subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, all the platforms. And if you do that, you can wait for our next episode. Until then, keep the blue flag flying high and stay safe.